Have you noticed how ungrateful people are today? It's hard to even hear a please or a thank you in public. My mother of blessed memory really pounded into me the importance of being thankful. On Christmas Day, when we would unwrap all of our presents, I would be so anxious to go and play with the new toys. No, she said, you're not going to touch any of the presents until you have written a thank you letter to each person who gave you the gift. Well, she really trained me in the right way to go, and I think she'd be pretty disappointed today if she knew that occasionally I had to take advantage of sending out a, an email thank you. That's just not proper. Thankfulness is an important concept in our world today. and. It's a story that happens to me and happens to you and also happened to Jesus. Being in the ministry, there are occasions when we get re re requests for uh, financial help from people, individuals and sometimes charities. And usually these are quite desperate appeals. We've got to have the money right away or something terrible is going to happen. Well, after investigating a few of the needs, we have from time to time responded to them by sending a check or wiring money to a situation. And then, silence. We never hear back from these people. Did they receive the money? Well, you can contact them after a few days. Did you get the check in the post? Did you receive the wire transfer? Oh yeah, thanks a lot. That's all. We never hear from them again. There's even been an occasion recently where a, a family contacted me and they said that they were going to be put out on the streets if they didn't receive the money to pay the landlord right away. It was an urgent situation. Could I please help? Well, it happened to be raining and this had to be done right away, so I had to organize something with the bank. I had to go and, and address a letter with a first-class stamp on it, go out in the rain and post that letter and rush the help that this family urgently needed, or they were going to be in terrible, uh, terrible situation. <laughs> Nothing heard for several days, so I finally called up and said, Hey, did you receive the check? Are you okay? Is everything happy now? Oh, yeah, we received the check. Uh, by the way, would you be able to help us with next month's rent as well? Wow. No expectation that there should be a thank you for that. I'm not really expecting the thank you, but it's just the acknowledgement of the gift. That's important. It happened to Jesus, as I said, when there was the occasion when there were ten lepers and they were all in need of healing. They had this debilitating, terrible, lifelong sickness. Jesus healed all ten of them. And then, according to the Levitical law, they went off to be inspected by the, the, uh, the temple authorities, the rabbis, and to ritually cleanse themselves. And then Jesus looked around and he said, Where are these ten that I healed? Only one leper out of the ten came back and acknowledged and said, Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. Well, it's an occasion for thankfulness because in the United States at this time of the year, in November, they celebrate Thanksgiving. Canada also celebrates in the, in the month of October. Actually setting aside one day in the whole year 
when you have a national holiday and you say thank you. Well, who do you say thank you to and thank you for what? I found an interesting uh, idea from the uh, Apostle Paul when he was writing to the, the Christians in Rome. And he was outlining to them the importance of being thankful and the consequences of not being thankful. And I'd like to share that scripture reading with you now. This is from the New Living Testament version. And Paul is writing in Romans, beginning at uh, chapter 1 and verse 16. He says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. That's important. That work is done by faith. You see, there's nothing you can do to earn the righteousness of God. You can't go through any kind of uh, ritual. You can't dress in a certain way. You can't do anything religious, in other words, to be right with God. It is by faith, says Paul. And then he reminds us of what the scriptures say. It's through faith that a righteous person has life. But, and here's the consequence, God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So who are these sinful people? Well, frankly, that's everybody. It's sort of the genetically inherited disease of all of us. We are all sinful by nature. And then Paul goes on to say, they know the truth about God because he's made it obvious to them. How does God make it obvious to you that he exists, that he is the creator, he is the Lord of the universe, and you need to get right with him? Paul says, for ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. Just looking around you, the God who created everything, the universe, the world in which we lived, who created us individually, that's the evidence of God. You have no excuse for not knowing God, Paul tells us. No excuse whatsoever. When you stand before him in the judgment day, you can't say, well, I didn't really believe you existed because, well, you exist. Then Paul goes on, and this is the, the key verse about giving thanks. He says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. This is the, the whole issue that we come up with ideas, foolish ideas, evolution and uh, all sorts of counter-arguments to the existence of God to say that we don't have sin and we don't need any relationship with God because he doesn't even exist, you'd argue. 
Now Paul tells the truth about this. Because their minds are dark and confused. And claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshipping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshipped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Imagine in the, the time of uh, Paul going through the ancient world, he saw so many icons, so many statues, people worshipping all sorts of objects, the creation instead of the creator. And when that happens, when you begin to go in that direction and not being thankful to God and recognizing him and having faith in God, then God abandons you. That's pretty shocking, isn't it? God abandons them to do whatever shameful thing their hearts desire. As a result, they all do vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. You only have to look today to see how much abuse, how much slavery goes on, how much sexual perversion is in the world to realize that millions upon millions of people in this world of ours have given over to the, the flesh, to their sinful nature. Paul says they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshipped and served the things that God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. It gets worse. Paul reminds the, the Christians at Rome that God has abandoned them to their shameful sexual desires. Women with women, men with men, Burning with lust, Paul says, for each other. And as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. There is a penalty for that kind of behavior. They thought it foolish to acknowledge God. And he's abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. And then a catalog. And this is a catalog of our world today and we need to be aware of the real nature of who we are because we like to think of ourselves we hope to think of ourselves as some kind of moral and good person but if you don't acknowledge God and you don't come to faith in in Jesus then your lives become full of every kind of wickedness Sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They're backstabbers, haters of God, insolent and proud and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning. Imagine that, actually trying to find ways to insult God himself by inventing new ways of behaving and, and being in a, a lustful nature. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. How many young people in the world today do not honor their mother and father? They refuse to understand. They break their promises. They're heartless and they have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things 
deserve to die. Somewhere in the back of the minds of all these reprobate people, they are subconsciously aware that God requires a penalty for that behavior, for that way of life, for that sinful nature of theirs. Yet they do it anyway, says Paul. And worse yet, they encourage others to do these things as well. This is the state of the world today that we're in. And it all comes down to being thankful. It's Thanksgiving time. We shouldn't just celebrate one day in the whole year to be thankful to God for what he's done, for giving us his son, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross to take on all of that sinful nature, all of that catalog of maliciousness and sin and greed and hate and envy that is in the heart of every man, woman, and child on the planet until they reach the point of being thankful, of falling down on their knees and saying, thank you, thank you, Lord God, for sending me your son. It's the only way that I can be righteous before you, the only way I can have a part in your eternal kingdom, the only way I can enjoy eternal life with you and have a wonderful life here and now, in spite of all of this sin around me. I am now a child of God. I'm part of your kingdom. That's what it's all about. This is why Paul is encouraging the people of Rome. He's writing to them to say, listen, don't be a part of the world system. Don't be greedy and selfish and mean and ugly and behaving in the wrong way because there's a penalty. There's a sin tax to pay at the end of the day. And it's not a life that you really need to have any longer if you just put your faith in Jesus Christ. It's the grace of God. It's a free gift. There's nothing you can do to earn this. All you have to do is accept it. You have to bow down and say, God, I am thankful that you created me, that you've made me, and all I need to be perfect now, not entirely perfect, but perfect enough to be acceptable in your sight is for you to cleanse out all of that sickness and disease in my heart Give me a new heart. You can do that right now. You can do it today. Just bow down and say, God, in this time of thanksgiving, I'm thankful to you. I'm thankful that you gave me your son, Jesus Christ, who died for me. He rose again from the dead. He's ascended to heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And he makes intercession for us. He sees our heart. He sees our longing to be forgiven to be cleansed and to, made, to be made a new person. That's the message of the cross. It's the message of thanksgiving. Thanks be to God. And from Jerusalem, shalom.